right. Well, let's go live. How about that? We want to welcome everyone who's joined us by live stream this morning. Uh, we're going to continue our study this morning uh, on the Holy Spirit. How many of you getting anything out of this study? Amen. Amen. I don't know how long, much longer it's going to go. The Holy Ghost does, though, don't he? He knows everything. Amen. So be turning in your Bibles to two openings. First of all, John 14. That's big John. John 14. And then also, John chapter 16. And like I said, we're going to continue this morning with a series that we started a few weeks back titled, The Role of the Holy Spirit in the Life of a Believer. The role of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer. And of course, in the first session, I'm just going to do a little review. We're not going to re rehash everything. But in the first session, we learned who the Holy Spirit is. Who is he? Is he a, is he a feeling? He's a person. And we also learned where he dwells. And if you're a born-again Christian, how many of you know he dwells on the inside of you? Amen. He's in you. And then in the session number two, we learned the primary role of the Holy Spirit. This is according to Jesus. Everybody say according to Jesus. The primary role of the Holy Spirit, according to Jesus, is to lead and guide us through the truths of God's Word. Jesus said himself, he said in John 8, 32, he said, you'll know the truth. And the truth will set you free. I mean, even though it's not what you believe that sets you free. Matter of fact, uh, I, I, I heard of something here the other day that just stuck with me. And I heard this person say, he said, uh, we all believe something different. We can all have different beliefs, right? Therefore, there was denominations. But then he said this, he said, and in, in the end, it's not going to matter what you and I believe. In the end, the only thing that's going to matter is the truth. Because you can believe anything. I can believe anything. But at the end of my life, the only thing that's going to matter, did I know the truth? And did the truth set me free? Amen. Hallelujah. But we learned the primary role of the Holy Spirit is to lead us and guide us through the Word of God. And it is my prayer and my hopeful prayer uh, that you continue feeding on that Word. Amen? Amen. That, you go, that you download those seri this series and you, and you listen to it over and over and over again. You know why? Because faith comes by hearing, not by heard. You don't get faith by what you heard last week. Because you're not going to retain all of it anyway. Amen. Faith cometh by hearing. So it's important that we all keep feeding on the same materials over and over and over. Can I get an amen? And I'll tell you this, my brothers and sisters. If you'll take what we've already taught you and you'll start doing it, then what will happen is you will become more skillful in hearing God's voice. And that's what it's all about. 
A lot of people can't be led by the Holy Spirit because they don't shut up long enough to listen to Him. Amen. And I'm not talking about just words coming out of your mouth. I'm talking about your mind. You start reading. Most, most Christians, and I will tell you this, most Christians reason things out in their mind. They want to reason the Word out. And you can't reason God's Word. You cannot get reason. Reason will not bring the truth out of God's Word. Only the Holy Spirit can lead you into God's truth. Amen. You see, your Heavenly Father wants you to have direction in your Christian walk. And the only way that can happen is if you learn how to hear from Him. Amen. And then be willing to follow His, be willing to follow his instructions. See, it's a two-part deal. Yeah, I hear from God all the time. Yeah, but are you willing to follow what he's telling you? Well, sometimes I am willing. Sometimes I'm not. Well, that's the sometimes he's, you're not is what we're working on, right? Amen. So this morning I want to go into a little different direction and talk about another role of the Holy Spirit. Uh, one of the, another important role that he has in our, our life. Amen. And that's the role of a comforter. Everybody say comforter. The title of this message is The Holy Spirit Comforts Us. And this is part three of our series. He is our comforter. So let's start here in John chapter 14. And we know from our study last week that these are some of the last instructions that Jesus gave to his disciples before he went to the cross. And I, I, I made this reference and I'm going to make it again. Uh, you parents, when you leave your house, you give your kids directions and instructions. Well, how many of you know the one that you give them last is the one they're going to remember? Amen. You can tell them all this stuff to do, but the last one you give them, don't you dare do that. Well, that's the one they won't do. They might do all the rest of them, but that one they're not going to do. You know why? Because when you come home, they're going to say, I didn't do it. <laughs> Amen. How many of you people have been kids? How many of you know what I'm talking about? Amen. So these are some of the last instructions that Jesus left his disciples, his followers, his children, if you will, uh, before he went to the cross. So let's begin here in verse number 15. In verse 15 of John's uh, gospel, it says, If you love me, Keep my commandments. Now, I could stop and preach right there for an hour. There's a lot of people say they love God, but they don't do what he tells them to. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. That means somebody just like himself. Amen? That he may abide with you periodically. Now that he'll abide with you forever. Verse 17, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him for he dwelleth with you and shall be, watch this, in you. Amen. He's where? He's in you. He's in me. Amen. And because he's in, in us, listen to me, 
that makes you and I supernatural beings. Not because of who we are, but because of who He is. He's God incarnate. Amen? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Three, three persons. And because you have, if you're born again and you have the Holy Spirit dwelling on the inside of you, that makes you a supernatural being. I could say right here, then we ought to start acting like it, right? Instead of like we drug our knuckles on the ground. You know, the way most people act in this, in this world, you'd think we did come from monkeys because they act like it. We need to act like Christians. Amen? Because the greater one lives on the inside of us. Hallelujah. You need to get a hold of that. You need to know who's on the inside of you. I told you last week, that if you just get that one revelation of who's on the inside of you, he's not out there somewhere. He's everywhere. I know that. But he's on the inside of you if you're born again. And if you're born again, he's on the inside of you, you won't act like you act sometimes. You won't talk like you talk sometimes. Amen? Because you're a supernatural being. Because a greater one lives on the inside of you. He said in verse 18, he said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. The Amplified in verse 16 says, in John 14, 16 says, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby that he will remain with you forever. The Greek word for comforter is parakletos and there's a sevenfold meaning right here in front of us uh, that's listed. First off, he's our comforter. Second, he's our counselor. He's our helper. He's our intercessor. He's our advocate. He's our strengthener. And he's our standby. Amen? And if you think about it, uh, this is such a powerful scripture because it reveals to us another important role of the Holy Spirit other than leading and guiding us and that is to be our comforter. He was sent by Jesus to be our comforter. Isn't that what he said in verse 18? He said, I will not leave you comfortless. The word comfortless in the Greek means an orphan. An orphan. An orphan is a child who what? His parents aren't there anymore. They're, they're dead, right? That's what an orphan is. He says, I will not leave you like an orphan, not knowing what you need to do. He said, I'm going to send you somebody that's going to help you to see what you need to do. In other words, I'm not going to depart from this earth and leave it up to you <laughs> to figure, out, figure it out on your own. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to figure it out on my own. Every time I've tried in my life, I've tried to figure things out on my own. I've usually made a mess of it that God has to come in and try to clean up for me. I mean, you know that he gets tired of cleaning up your messes. Amen. So why don't we do it right the first time? I said, why don't we do it right the first time? Amen. There you go. That's a good answer, sister. Hallelujah. In other words, 
he will be a comforter to you and I. Amen? He said, I'm going to send you somebody that looks just like me. He said, I'm going to send you somebody that talks just like me. He said, I'm going to send you somebody that's going to lead you just like I've been leading you. Amen? In other words, this, this, this entity, this person that he's going to send down here from heaven, he's going to live on the inside of you, John. Or you could put your name there. And one of the things he's going to do and he will be for you is he will be a comforter to you. And the thing we need to know, my brother and sister, is if the Holy Spirit was sent by Jesus to be our comforter, and the Bible says he was, and part of his role is to comfort us, then how do we know when we're being comforted by the Holy Spirit? How do we know that? Or better yet, how do I receive? Remember I told you it's not about him giving. Comfort's there. It's about us learning how to receive it. So how do I learn how to receive his comfort? Well, let me start off by saying this. The Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit will not comfort your feelings. He's not here to comfort your feelings. Amen. He's not here to comfort your emotions. He's here to be a comforter, but he's not going to comfort you in your flesh. Amen? Your flesh needs to be crucified. Now drop down to verse 26. John 14, 26. So he says in verse 26, he says, but the comforter, and then he's going to define him, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said to you. That means the word. Amen? He said in verse 27, he says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. He says, Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Amen? He's telling us right there, receive my comfort. I've given you my word to comfort you. I'm getting ahead of myself. So in verse 16, we know Jesus said he would send us a comforter, and then in verse 26, he defines him as the Holy Ghost. Are you with me? Now, let's talk about how he comforts us. How many of you think that's important? How many of you want to know how he's supposed to comfort you? Amen. Let's look at this in Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15. Say amen when you're there. Verse number 1. It says, when we, uh, excuse me, it says, when we then who are strong ought to bear with the scruples of the weak and not to please ourselves. You just got ministry direction right there. And you, all this time you thought it was all about you. You thought it was all about you. Verse 2. Let each of us please his neighbor. 
Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification. For even Christ did not please himself. But as it is written, the reproaches of those who, repro who reproached you fell on me. Now watch this. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning. Underline that. Whatever things that were written before were written for our learning that we through the patience and comfort of the what? Of the scriptures might have hope. Notice again in verse number four, for whatever things were written before were written for our learning that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. The Amplified says it this way in verse number four. It says, for whatever was thus written in former days was written for our instruction that by our steadfast and patient endurance and the encouragement drawn from the what? Scriptures we might hold fast to and cherish hope. Notice, notice it's through the scriptures that we are comforted. It is through the scriptures that we are strengthened. And it is through the scriptures that we are encouraged. In other words, it's the word of God that's going to be our comforter. Can I get an amen? Amen. You're going to learn, my brothers and sisters, the word of God is the most powerful thing on this planet. Amen. It's supernatural. And it causes supernatural effects. So the Holy Spirit works through the word of God that you and I feed on. Not the word God you get maybe once a month or if you pick up your Bible every once in a while. But it's diligently seeking him. It is feeding on the word of God on a regular basis. So he works through the word of God that we feed on. He works through the word of God that we meditate on. The Bible says to meditate on the word of God day and night, does it not? Amen. How many of you know those are instructions? Those are not, those are not suggestions. Amen. And he, the Holy Spirit works through the Word of God. Now watch this. That we speak. That we speak. And He works through the words of God that we speak to encourage us and comfort us. You need to get a hold of that. He works through the words that you say. Not the word that you know. Not the word that you memorize. But the word that you know and say. Amen? That's important. I cannot tell you how important that is. Well, I'm going to in just a moment. I'm going to get ahead of myself. The Holy Spirit works with, through the word that you act on and say. So if you're not speaking God's word, how many of you know there's no comfort? If the scriptures are what comforts you, listen to you, Pastor, now. If the scriptures are what comforts you and you're not speaking those scriptures, how many of you know you cannot get comfort from that? Amen. Now you know why a lot of Christians go through life just in turmoil. Because they never speak to God's word. They may know God's word. That word may be down in their heart, but they never let it come out of their mouth. 
And for there's a lot of different reasons. But I don't want to sound silly. Really? Do you like the alternative? Do you like turmoil in your life? Do you always like battling the circumstances? I don't. I learned a long time ago, I'm going to start speaking God's word over my life. Not only over, over my life, I'm going to speak it over her life. Amen. And not only over her life, but I'm going to speak it over your life. Amen. Yes, I do. I pray the word of God over you. That God would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. That the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. So you would know the hope of his calling on your life. And what is the riches of, his, of the inheritance in the saints of God. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Everybody say Ephesians chapter 1. <laughs> Amen. That's where that prayer is. We need to be praying the word of God. So the Holy Spirit wants to comfort us. But he can only use the word that we speak. Are you hearing me? You know, I can't tell you how many times in, in, in I've been in situations more so in times past than now. But I've been in situations and it was through, uh, even in my circumstances, it was when I started speaking God's word over those circumstances and over my life that things started changing. Yes, I have a whole lot less circumstances now. Because how many of you know practice makes perfect? Amen. That's not in the scripture, but it is in a way, right? But we've always said that. If you practice something long enough, it'll become a habit with you. Speaking God's word over your life needs to be a habit that you do on a daily basis. It's almost like a drug that you can't get up in the morning without speaking God's word over yourself. Amen. That you're addicted to it. It's life. Amen. How many times I've been in situations where I needed some encouragement. And yes, my wife encourages me. But there's times in my life where I needed encouraging from the Holy Ghost. Amen. Not to quit. And I'm not, I'm not uh, uh, confessing this is bad, but there's times even in a pastor's life when you just want to quit. Because I not only, and this ain't about me, it's about him, I not only have to fight my battles, but I fight your battles for you as well. That's what they call intercessory prayer. It's, it's to fight off the demons that are coming against you. When you turn in a prayer request card or you turn in something you say, Pastor, pray for me. I don't take that lightly. I speak God's word over you. And you know what? The devil don't like that. And that's another reason a lot of people don't speak God's word because the devil don't like it. And when you start speaking in media, he's going to come try to root it up. He's going to try to bring something else uh, against you more powerful where you'll just say, well, I don't know about speaking that word. I, just, I started speaking it, Pastor, but this thing got worse. Well, welcome to Christianity. Hallelujah. 
when I spoke the scriptures over my life and over my situations, that's what encouraged me to keep going. To know that the word of God is true. And to never, ever, ever, ever quit. You see, it's the word that we put on down on the inside of us. And then we speak over our lives that brings comfort and encouragement in our life. Amen? Probably every child of God, and I don't, I'm not judging anybody, but probably every child of God has found themselves in the middle of a trial. How many of you know what I'm talking about? How many of you never have any kind of trials? One person, that means you ain't doing nothing for God. He didn't hear me. He reminded me of me. I was in a church of 4,000. And I'm not paying, I wasn't listening really to what the pastor was saying. I was getting all caught up in the moment. And he said, he asked some question about, how many, I'm just going to say this, it wasn't this question, but he said, uh, how many of you worship the devil? And I'm just like this, you know, and I'm, then I look around, nobody else has raised their hand. Then I heard the question. So I'm kind of like Bud. I make sure I ascertain the question before I'm ever going to raise my hand anymore. <laughs> Amen. <clears throat> Bud raises him when I say, uh, "How many ain't gonna raise? How many ever gonna raise your hand if uh, no matter what I say?" Bud says me. <laughs> but we've all found ourselves in the midst of trials, needing answers, or we found ourselves needing to make decisions. But the more we uh, are in the circumstances, we find that the circumstances are, are piling in on us and we, we just don't know which way to turn. And more times than not, in most Christians' lives in those situations, the child of God just endures the trial. And they never speak God's Word. And I would be willing, I'm not going to ask for a hand, but I'd be willing, every person in here could raise their hand to that. That you've been in trials in your life. And even though you have the Word of God on the inside of you, because if you've been going to this church very long, you got it in you. But when the trials came, you started trying to reason it out in your brain instead of just simply speaking the Word of God over it. Amen. So they endure the trial instead of opening their mouth to speak the Scriptures. So they have to endure instead of being comforted by the Holy Spirit. Because he, the Holy Spirit comforts us through what? The Scriptures. The Word. Isn't that what we read in 15.4? He comforts us through the Scriptures. Every Christian needs to get a hold of that. We're all going to endure trials. Listen to me. Jesus never promised you a rose garden. Amen. <clears throat> and he even warned us numerous times that in the last days the enemy was going to turn up the heat and try to destroy us. And we see that on a daily basis now around the world. Like I told you in the outset of this meeting, it's not uh, party against party. It's good versus evil. 
And I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, it's coming a time when even the church and my, the people who go to church here know this, that I truly believe we're living in Revelation chapter 2 through and 3. Amen? Where God is going to start shaking the church. And we're going to have to make a decision on who we're going to follow. And I'm not talking about Satan uh, as much as I'm talking about following self or following him. Am I going to follow my own reasoning and lean on my own understanding or am I going to follow Jesus and lean on Him? Amen. Hallelujah. He never promised us a rose garden. The enemy is going to bring trials and circumstances in an attempt to get us to move in a certain direction. Or better yet, to get us to just say, forget it, I quit. And you see Christians every day just quitting because they can't stand the battle. They can't hold up. And again, I'm not being critical of that, but it's because they don't want to do what the Word of God tells them to do. Amen? God is here to help us. He sent us the Holy Spirit to help us. But we have got to cooperate with Him. Amen. Jesus sent us someone to live on the inside of us called the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, if you'll put the Word of God down in your heart and you'll let that Word come out of your mouth, what you'll find is the Holy Ghost will use God's Word, that supernatural and full of power Word of God, and He'll use that Word to help you settle down in your mental arena. Amen? He'll, he'll settle you down in your mental arena and He'll comfort you. Amen. I mean right in the midst of the storm. Right in the middle of the storm. You can say, peace, be still. And peace will come. Amen. He'll bring you comfort through the scriptures. There's something supernatural, my brothers and sisters, about speaking the scriptures. Not knowing the scriptures, but speaking them. <clears throat> There's something supernatural when you start saying who you are in Christ Jesus. When you start saying that the greater one lives on the inside of you. When you start saying that you're more than a conqueror. When you start saying that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. What you're doing when you do that, my brothers and sisters, is you're worshiping God with His own Word. You're giving His Word back to Him. And when we worship God with His Word, that's when the Holy Spirit hastens to perform that Word. Not your Word, but His Word. I was talking to Miss Brenda... Uh, we just we just sat out on our back porch to just share the Lord and share the word. And I praise God for that. <clears throat> She's meant so much in my life to helping me. Praise God. Iron sharpening iron. But I told her this. I said, it, you know, the Bible says that God hastens to perform his word. But how does he do it? He's not down here. The Holy Ghost is, isn't it? So the Holy Ghost is the one that when you speak God's word, 
he calls the angels to attention. And he says, y'all go perform this word because they spoke the word in faith. Amen. And I also told her on the other hand, when you don't speak the word or you speak words of fear, then you have an enemy. And he calls all the demons of hell to attention to go perform that word for you. Amen. Read your Bible. You'll see that's the absolute truth. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit performs God's word on your behalf. Are you with me? It'd be like someone being attacked in their finances. And they start saying stuff like this. No, you don't, devil. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I'm a tither. I'm a giver. Therefore, the windows of heaven are open and God's pouring out a blessing on me that I cannot contain. So you can try all you want to, devil, but I am blessed coming in. I am blessed going out. I'm blessed in the city and I'm blessed in the field. Amen. I walk in the favor of Almighty God. Hallelujah. What did I just do? I released the Holy Ghost to make that what I just said come to pass. He hastens to perform my words. And I believe that. The only thing is, you got to believe it. And I'm supposed to be honest with you, if you don't ever say God's word, you don't believe it. Now I'm up on your porch. <laughs> Hallelujah. How many of you know that's the word of God? Glory to God. I'm going to get on the other side of everything that comes against me. No weapon formed against me will prosper. And every tongue that rises against me in judgment shall be condemned. Hallelujah. See, when you begin speaking God's word from down on the inside of you, down where the, the real you lives, we call it the heart. I had everybody last week, and you can do it again today, point at the real you. You point right here, don't you? You don't point up here. This ain't you. Amen. The real you lives on the inside of you. It's your spirit man. And when you get the word of God down on the inside of you, and you let that word start rolling up out of you, and the Bible promises that the Holy Ghost will bring everything to our remembrance, don't he? Amen. So you don't have to worry about it. Now I know we do this on Wednesdays. We're kind of memorizing a bunch of scriptures. But that's really only for you to read them over and over again so you get them in your spirit. Amen. And then when you need them, because you will, if you're a born-again Christian, you got a target on your back. Amen. And he may, not be not, he may be at your neighbor's house today, but he might be at your house in the morning. And when he's at your house, don't call me at 4 o'clock in the morning and say, Pastor, what was that scripture you gave me? I'll give it to you along with some more. That's all I'm going to say about that. Hallelujah. When you begin speaking God's word from down in your heart, what happens? Those words start comforting you. And then you look at the same situation that you may have been faced with. And you look at it in a different light. 
and instead of being distraught, you say, hey, this ain't nothing. I'm getting to the other side of this thing. Amen. Your attitude changes. Amen. And when you were, like yesterday, you might have been all distraught. And if you're in a financial situation right now, this may be you. That you're hiding from your bill collectors. How many other than me has ever done that? When my early days, let me tell you something, man, I kept the phone off the hook. <laughs> let me move on. Yeah, part of line. Hiding from your bill collectors. And now today you're saying, hey, Jesus, you got mail. Amen. And you're speaking God's word over your finances. Amen. And yes, you still have to work. The Bible says in 2 Thessalonians 3.10, it says, and I'm paraphrasing, it says if you don't work, you don't eat. Amen. My point is, we get comfort from the Holy Spirit through the Scriptures. And really it doesn't matter what a person may be dealing with. I mean, they may be dealing with grief. They may be dealing with addiction. They may be dealing with depression. They may be dealing with bitterness or unforgiveness. Whatever it is that they're dealing with, they can receive uh, comfort from the Holy Scriptures. If. Everybody say if. If they will start speaking the Scriptures. If they'll start speaking them. But what happens if you don't uh, speak any scriptures? I'm glad you asked. What happens if you know the scriptures, but that you don't speak them? You know them. Pastor John's told you to tell us to speak them, but you still don't do it. What happens then? Turmoil. Chaos. Nothing changes. That's exactly right. Nothing is going to change in your life until you change. Nothing's going to change in your life until you do something different than you were doing before you got this message. Amen. See, if you know the Scriptures, but you don't speak the Scriptures, then the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, has nothing to work with. Because He works through what? Through the Word. He don't work through your feelings. He don't work through your emotions. You can beg and plead and cry all you want to. He don't work that way. Amen. He says, I've given you my word. Matter of fact, Psalm 107.20 says this, I sent my word and healed them. That's of everything. Not just physical disease, mental disease. I sent my word and healed them and delivered them from their iniquity. So he delivered you of everything that you say that's bound you up with his word. All we have to do is receive it. I said all we have to do is receive it. Amen. He comforts us through every trial, through every tribulation with the word of God. Can everybody see that? I got one yes, sir. Got a few head nods. If you can see that, raise your hand because I got. If not, I got to go back to page one. 
All right. I won't go back to page one because if you don't get it, listen to the, uh, the podcast. Amen? Amen? Now, let's look at, uh, at 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 3. It says, Blessed, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of what? All comfort. Who comforts us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort those who are in trouble or in any trouble with the comfort with which ourselves are comforted by God. The passion in that verse said, those verses say this. It says, all praises belong to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for He is the Father of tender mercy and the God, now watch this, of endless comfort. I like that. Endless comfort. He's always there to comfort me. Amen? He always, verse 4, He always comes alongside us. He don't drag you along. How many of you know that? He's not going to drag you anywhere. He's going to walk right there beside you. He sent a helper to help us. Not to push us. Not to drag us. But to help us. He's always going to come alongside us to comfort us in every suffering so that we can come alongside those who are in the, a, any painful trial. We can bring them the same comfort that God has poured out upon us. So he's saying here that the supernatural power of God will be an endless comfort to us. Amen? He is the Word. God and His Word are one, right? John 1, 1 says, uh, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with, was with God, and the Word was God. Amen? So we know it's the Word that comforts us. And when we're comforted, listen to me, then we're able to comfort others. Remember I said it's not just about you. I know you think it is. I know you think you're, you're, you're special, but we're all special. And in this church especially, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to push you, not push you, but encourage you strongly to grow up. Because it's high time that you just quit thinking about yourself and you quit sitting in a pew always wanting to feed on the Word of God. You know what happens when you feed on something long enough? You become spiritually obese. And you, got, you need to go out and do a little exercise. In other words, you got to give what you got to somebody else. I mean, you know, that's what God had intended for you to do. It's not for us to come in here like little birds and just keep our mouth open. Give me some more food. Give me some more food. Give me some more food. Then we walk out here and don't do nothing with it. Amen. Hallelujah. Everybody love me? I'm afraid to look up, see if anybody's walking out the door. But when we're comforted, we can help comfort others. Even though, listen to me, even though we may still be right in the middle of our trial. 
Think about that one for a moment. And I want to give you a little wisdom. You helping someone else will uh, hurry the process along of you getting out of your trial. The Bible says give and you'll be given unto, right? Amen. So when you start helping somebody else, all of a sudden your problem disappears. Amen. In other words, when I'm being a testimony to what God is doing in my life and how he's comforting me, then I find out someone else is in the midst of the same kind of a trial that I went through or maybe still going through. What I can do is share the same scriptures with them that brought me comfort. Amen? In hopes that uh, those scriptures will bring them comfort as well. That's the way it works, guys. Amen? So you and I can be going through the same trials and yet can, uh, get, can, we can comfort and encourage one another with the same scriptures. And what happens is we become a testimony. Everybody say testimony. We become a testimony of someone who knows how to deal with trials. We become a testimony of someone who knows how to deal with pressures of life. That no matter what we may be going through or what we see going on in the world around us, that you and I will know how to hold fast and receive comfort right in the midst of our storm. Can I get an amen? Now, I've said everything I've said up until this point for a reason. Because in the days ahead, there's going to be things that happen in this earth that are going to shake the earth. We're already seeing part of it. How many of you heard that Canada was out of power all day yesterday? Amen. Things are happening around the world. Governments are toppling. People are rising up against the governments because of the restrictions and them wanting to rule our lives. And again, I'm not being political. I'm just telling you, Jesus told us in the last days, perilous times will come. You read the book of um, uh, Matthew chapter 24, you'll read all the things in there that Jesus said you will see these things happening before he comes back. We're seeing those right now. So things are going to happen around the world that are going to shake people's lives. Jesus described it best in Luke chapter 21 in verse number 26. He said this, he said, men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectations of those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of heaven will be shaken. What you and I are seeing right now and what we'll see in the coming days, the coming months or the coming years, I don't know how long it's going to be, is part of heaven's shaking of the earth. And as we see these things increase, and we see more and more Bible prophecy unfold before our very eyes. It's the Holy Spirit within us, my brothers and sisters, and God's Word that will always bring us through. Without Him, we will not make it. For those out there in our families or our friends that do not know this teaching, and only you can take it to them, 
They will not make it in the coming days because they'll see what's going on and they'll start speaking what's going on. And they'll speak what's going on. They'll speak what's going on instead of what the Word of God says. But you and I, we will always speak what God says. Amen? Hallelujah. It's the Holy Spirit within us in God's Word that will bring us the comfort we need. And when we are comforted by the Holy Spirit, there's a supernatural calm about us. I just don't worry about things. I've talked to my mother. She says, baby, I just don't worry about things. And of course, she's 90 and she's, she's ready to go home be with the Lord. Well, she's not ready or she'd already be gone. But uh, she just says, in the end, I'm going to trust Jesus. Amen. And that's a good attitude. Amen. There's a supernatural calm about people who are led and comforted by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, we don't act like everybody else. We don't talk like everybody else. We don't approach our situations of life like everybody else. My brothers and sisters, when you learn how to let the Holy Spirit uh, comfort you through the Scriptures, there's absolutely nothing that can come against you that will take your peace. Nothing will take my peace. Amen. You mean I can have peace and comfort in the midst of my trial? Absolutely, yes. Not only that, but the Holy Spirit will give you answers. He'll answer your trial for you. He'll give you the wisdom to get out of it. Amen? But you have to, be, you have to put God's Word in your mouth. Hallelujah. Now, on that subject, praise the Lord, we've got a few minutes. Let's look at Job chapter 32. Our visitors will notice I use a lot of scripture. I promise God I'd tell you what he, his word says, not my, my, not my uh, opinion about it. Amen. Job <clears throat> chapter 32. Talking about putting the word of God in our mouth. Amen. In Job chapter 32 verse 20. It says, I will speak that I may find what? Relief. Relief. I must open my lips and answer. Notice, says, notice it says, I will speak. And I, that I might find relief. Not that God's going to give me relief, that I may find relief. It's already there. You don't have to ask for something you already got. You just got to do what the Word of God tells you to uh, obtain it. That's in anything with a covenant. Amen. I will speak that I might find relief. Who's the I? Let's, once again, let's do that exercise. Do this. Amen. It's you. That's the I. You got to speak. Amen. The Amplified says it this way. It says, I must speak that I may get relief and be refreshed. I will open my lips and answer. 
Notice that in times of trials and troubles, we have to speak in order to get relief and be refreshed. That's a given, guys. It ain't going to come any other way. We must open our lips and answer. Answer what, Pastor? Answer the trial. Amen. Answer with what, Pastor? Answer with the Word of God. Is everybody with me? Isn't this simplistic? This is so simple, but yet so profound. And, and, and I don't mean to be critical, but it's so simple, but yet people won't do it. And I don't understand that. This is a formula for success in the Christian life. Amen. God gave us a Holy Ghost to lead us and guide us into all truth. Brother and sister, I'm giving you truth today. Now the question is, are you going to do it? Are you going to do it? Are you going to walk out of here and say, man, praise God, that was a great message. Get to the cafe and say, what was that he preached about? Hallelujah. We answer with the word of God. Now, in these last few minutes, turn over to Psalms 91. Psalm 91. And I'm going to give you a great example of how speaking God's word in faith will cause the Holy Ghost to bring you to a place of comfort. Amen. Now, this is a very familiar uh, passage of Scripture. But what I want you to do is I want you to listen to the words and know when you or I speak those words over our life that the Holy Spirit is going to hasten to perform them. Amen. Psalm chapter, uh, Psalm 91, verse 1. And again, these are such powerful scriptures, guys. Amen. Now, as we go along, I'm going to use the word me and I. And when I do, I want you in your Bible to write me or I where I use them, okay? That we've talked in this church enough about how to read yourself into the scriptures. Hallelujah. So as I read, I'm going to read it with that so you won't say, well, he's talking about himself. Of course I am. I want to pray the word of God over me. Amen. Psalm 91, verse 1. He or she who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall, uh, 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 shall abide, that means live, right? Shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Good gracious, guys. We could stop right there. Do you know in the shadow of God that you have comfort? Do you know that when His shadow's over you, nothing can harm you? Now notice it's called the secret place. You know why? Very few people go there. And again, I don't mean that critical. There are none of them in here, right? We all go there. We dwell there. Praise God. Hallelujah. You got a name place on it, right? Verse 2. Now pay attention here. I, everybody say I. I, I will say of the Lord, yeah. He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him I will trust. 
Surely he shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover me with his feathers and under his wings I shall take refuge. His truth shall be uh, my shield and my buckler. That means his word is everything to me. That there's no decision I make. That there's no situation that I get into that I'm not going to run it through God's word. This is a way of life, guys. This isn't a Sunday morning message. This is a 24-7 life. Hallelujah. Verse 5. I shall not be afraid of the terror by night nor of the arrow that flies by day. How many of you know he's talking about those arrows that the Satan shoots at you to try to attack your faith? He says, I'm not going to be afraid of that. He says, nor of the pestilence that wakes, walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. Now watch this. A thousand may fall at my side. How many of you know there's collateral damage in any war? Amen. There's a lot of Christian collateral damage because people aren't doing the Word of God. A thousand may fall at my side and ten thousand at my right hand, but it shall not come near me. Only with my eyes shall I look and see the reward of the wicked. Because I have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, my dwelling place. That means I live in Him and His Word lives in me, right? Because I have made Him my dwelling place, no evil shall befall me. Nor shall any plague, any coronavirus, any monkeypox, any other kind of pox. Shall come near me or come near my dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over me to keep me in all my ways. In their hands they shall bear me up, lest I dash my foot against the stone. I shall tread upon lion and cobra, the young lion and the serpent, I shall trample underfoot. You know what that means? That's not means they'll go out and walk and handle snakes, right? That means you'll put the foot devil's head under your foot and leave it there. The Bible says he's under your feet. Amen? Look at verse 14. <clears throat> now, this is why I wrote my name, so you can write your name in there. Because John has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. How many of you know the name? Amen. He, or John, shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. Look at this. And I will deliver him and honor him. I love this next one. With long life. Hallelujah. With long life, I will satisfy John 
and show him my salvation. My brothers and sisters, <clears throat> this is an example on how to read yourself into God's word. And if you don't do it, I can't do it for you. Amen? You got to learn to read yourself into God's word. You got to know that everything he promised was a promise especially for you. Not, not to you through your husband, not to you through your wife, but to you. And for you to obtain the promises of God, you have to do something. Not your wife, not your husband, but you do. Amen? Hallelujah. When we learn to be skillful at doing the Word of God, when we learn to be skillful at taking the Word of God that's down on the inside of us and bringing it out of our mouth, when we learn to be skillful at doing that, the Holy Ghost will take our words and perform it in our lives. Can I get an amen to that? Let's stand to our feet. Praise God. Hallelujah. God is so good. I love his word. Not because I'm a pastor, but because I just I'm a saint of God. You know the highest calling is you're called to be a saint. That's the highest calling there is. Amen. That's all that's going to heaven. <clears throat> I may be a pastor when I suck my last breath, but when I open them in heaven, I'm just a saint of God. <clears throat> Amen. And I fall under the same guidelines you do. Amen. All right. Well, praise the Lord. Anybody get anything out of this this morning? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Everybody love the Lord? Yes. I said, do you love Jesus? Yes. Then do his commandments. <laughs> That's the first word I started with, wasn't it? <laughs> if you love me, do my commandments. That means all of them. That means letting the Holy Spirit work through you, don't it? Amen. Praise God. Well, one of the first things we have to do in obedience to God's Word is we have to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not sure if everybody in this room or everybody watching my live stream this morning has, has uh, given their life to the Lord Jesus Christ or not. They, there's some people who could be watching my live stream that you just, you've been in church all your life. I mean, you know, going to church don't make you a Christian. Amen. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, we want to give everybody an opportunity this morning to uh, not only give their life to the Lord, if, that's, if this is you for the first time, but also for those who may be watching or in this room that want to rededicate their lives to the Lord. You've heard some things today that you've never heard before. You want to be led by the Holy Spirit. You want to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. If that's you, in any of those cases, I want you to raise your hand and put it right back down. God sees all those hands. Praise God. Well, with every head raised and every eye open, we're going to pray this prayer together. Say, Heavenly Father, I'm a sinner that needs your grace. I believe that you sent Jesus to die for me. And he rose on the third day just for me. And right now, just for me, he's making intercession. He's the great intercessor. But he also sent me the Holy Ghost 
to lead and guide me into all truth. So Father, in the name of Jesus, when the Holy Ghost leads me through your word, I will immediately do it. I won't try to reason it out. I won't argue with it. I'll just do it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a clap offering. Glory to God. We always close out saying this, that we serve a miracle-working God, and you are next in line for your miracle. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.